a joy to be celebrating Christmas with you this evening. Uh, welcome to you if you've come since the start. My name's Kieran. I'm the pastor here at St. Philip's. And I want to begin tonight by telling you a story about a prince and a peasant girl. Uh, it's by a Danish philosopher from the 19th century called Soren Kierkegaard. And, and this is how the story goes. One day, a young prince was running an errand for his father uh, to a village, and as he went through a poor village, he, he looked through the window of his carriage and he saw a beautiful peasant girl. Uh, she was so beautiful that over the next few weeks, he uh, found every excuse possible to uh, run errands for his dad and go through that village just so he could catch a glimpse of this beautiful peasant girl. Uh, and soon enough, as the weeks went by, uh, he was in love. Uh, But how would he seek this peasant girl's hand in marriage? Uh, As a prince, he could just do it by decree. Uh, But of course, that wouldn't be love. That would be uh, coercion. That would be control. Uh, He could put on his most splendid uniform and and drive up to her front door with a carriage drawn by six horses. Uh, But then she'd be overwhelmed. He'd never be sure whether he was responding, uh, loving him for who he was or just for all that he had. So the prince came up with another solution. Uh, He would give up his kingly robe and he would move into the village, not not with the crown of a king, but with the garb of a peasant. Uh, He lived among the people. He shared their interests and concerns. He, He ate what they ate. He spoke about what they spoke about. But how did the peasant girl respond? Well, it depends on which version of the story you read, actually. In one case, she does recognise him, she does receive him, and and they lived happily ever after. But uh, in another case, she she doesn't recognise him, she doesn't receive him. And it's an opportunity gone begging. But either way, in the story, everything hinges on the peasant girl's ability to recognise and to receive this prince. And that sums up the story of Christmas perfectly. He's the prince of peace. He's the king of heaven who who puts off his kingly robes. He removes his kingly crown from glory to glory and is born as a baby in a manger. Mild he lays his glory by, born that man no more may die, born to give the sons of earth, born to give us second birth. Well, that's the gift of Christmas. It's the gift of God himself to his people. John chapter 3 verse 16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. This is the gift of Christmas. But everything hinges on our ability to recognize and to receive this baby born in a manger. Actually, it says that in our Bible reading from John chapter 1. He he came to what was his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become children of God. There's actually a reality TV show that I used to really enjoy watching that was, had this similar dynamic, actually, where everything in the story hinges on how different people respond to a VIP, a, a very important person. It's called, it was called Undercover Boss. Has anyone heard of that show or, 
or watch it. It has a very similar premise. Uh, The idea is that the CEO of a big and successful company uh, puts off his business suit or her business dress and she just wears what everyone else in the company wears and then you just get to watch this wonderful reality TV show of how everyone in the company responds to the CEO, to the boss. Uh, And and everyone falls basically into one of two characters. Um, categories in the story, just just like in the story of Jesus, actually. The, the first category is, is verse 11. He came to his own, but his own did not receive him. And, and so there are these people in the company who are kind of, uh, they're, they're kind of know-it-all, uh, they think uh, they're the boss, and uh, they're not very nice. And so when they come into contact with this undercover boss, in, in all their kind of arrogance and in their self-sufficiency, uh, it, it all just comes out and it spills onto this CEO who's undercover. The, the one that they're supposed to be treating with the utmost decency, some of them end up treating with utter disdain. It's quite entertaining, actually. But, but John is saying that, that that's the story of Christmas. He came to his own, but his own did not receive him. The people that he loves, the people that he made, he came to his own and his people did not receive him. God went to great lengths to be reconciled with his people, longing to be reunited by sending his son as a baby. Reminds me of Elizabeth Browning. She she was a famous poet from the 19th century in England. Uh, But when she married uh, Robert Browning, her parents uh, were so upset with her uh, that they disowned her. Uh, She and her husband uh, settled far away from home in Florence in Italy. Um, But Elizabeth loved her mum. She loved her dad. and, And she did everything that she could to be reconciled and reunited with them. It's a true story. She, several times a month, she wrote uh, loving and expressive letters to her parents to be reconciled. And after 10 years without any response from her parents, finally a package came at the door. She was absolutely delighted as she opened up the package. But inside, she found all of the letters that she'd sent unopened. She was a good poet, like her husband. And so in these letters, her, her, her poetry just formed out in its purest form, begging to be reconciled, longing to be reunited with her parents. Some have called these letters some of the most beautiful and expressive in all English literature. But her parents never read them. You see, God loves the people that he made. He longs to be reunited with the people that he's made. He has gone to great lengths in sending his son to be reunited with the people that he made and that he loves. And yet John tells us, he came to his own, but his own people did not receive him. For so many, it's an opportunity gone begging. Uh, You know, elsewhere in the scripture it says he was despised and rejected by humankind, like one from whom people hide their faces. This is not talking about his birth. This is actually talking about the fact that this baby boy, Jesus, he grew up and then he died on a cross. He was despised and rejected. It says his appearance was so disfigured beyond that of any human being and his form marred beyond human likeness. Why? 
Why would he do that? Why would he come from heaven to earth? Why would he go through the pains of the cross? You know, elsewhere in John chapter 10, he he says, no one takes my life from me. I lay it down of my own accord. In other words, no one forced his hand. Uh, This is the, the God of the universe, veiled in flesh, the Godhead see. No one can force his hand. So, so what on earth would be strong enough to bind the limbs of the maker of the universe to the cross? What on earth would be strong enough to tie down the hands of the one who flung stars into space on an old rugged cross? Nails? Soldiers? Armies? No, of course not. What was it? Love. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Why did he go to such great lengths by coming down from heaven to earth? Why would he put himself through so much pain by dying on a cross? You know, he, he lost everything. He didn't even look human anymore. So mad was he. he. He lost his father. He lost the universe. He lost the world. He lost his beauty, his dignity, and his glory. And yet, just like the prince in the story who put aside his glory, he looks at you and he looks at me and he says, it was worth it. You are worth it. And that's the gift of Christmas. When, when you really receive that gift Let me tell you, it changes everything. When you recognize the gift of God at Christmas, when you receive that gift, let me tell you, it changes everything. But he came to his own, and his own did not receive him. Well, well, thankfully, that's only half the story. Just like in The Undercover Boss, where you've got the arrogant, self-sufficient ones who are, who are sent away, um, and they're kind of, it, there's a great reversal at the end where they're sent away and they're chastised by the CEO. Well, well there are others who, who are humble and, and who end up rejoicing and who are filled because of their response to this undercover boss. Verse 12, it's, it says, But to all who received him... But to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become children of God. The reality that we're talking about this morning is, uh, this evening, sorry, is perfectly illustrated by a story. It goes for a while. It's how we're going to finish. And it's a story that encapsulates what it looks like to receive this gift. Many years ago, there was a very wealthy man who shared his passion for collecting art with his only son. Uh, together, they, together they traveled the world, finding the, the finest art in the world that they could find. Priceless works, Van Gogh, Picasso, Monet, and many others adorned the walls of their family estate. Uh, the widowed father looked on with satisfaction as his only son picked up his uh, father's love for art and collecting art. And and with his trained eye and his business acumen, he caused his father great pride as they dealt with art collectors all around the world. But in 1914, as winter approached, war engulfed the whole nation. And this young son was called to serve his country. And after only a few short weeks, the father received the news that he'd been dreading. His beloved son had been killed in action. 
well, distraught and lonely that Christmas. He was filled with anguish and sadness. That The joy of Christmas that he had so relished with his son was gone. Well, Christmas morning came around and there was a knock at the door. As the old man opened the door, he was greeted by a young soldier with a large package in his hand. He was on leave from the Western Front. He introduced himself to the old man by saying, I was a friend of your son. I was the one he was rescuing when he died. Can I come in for a few moments? I've got something to show you. As the two began to talk, the soldier told the old man how his son often talked about his father's art. And he said, I'm an artist too, and I want to give you this. The old man opened the package and he saw that it was a portrait of his son. Though the world would never consider it a masterpiece or a work of a genius, the painting showed the face of the old man's son in wonderful detail. Overcome with emotion, the old man hung the portrait over his fireplace, moving aside millions of dollars worth of art just to make place for this portrait of his son. And that Christmas, he sat there gazing at this wonderful gift of this portrait that he'd been given. Uh, It soon became this painting his most prized possession, far eclipsing any interest in the pieces of art for which art galleries around the world would have paid an absolute fortune. Well, 10 years later, the old man died and the art world waited with anticipation for this next art auction. According to the father's will, all the artworks were to be auctioned on Christmas Day, the day that he had received his greatest gift. And the day soon arrived and the art collectors came from around the world and they gathered to bid on some of the world's most spectacular paintings. The auction began with a painting that... It wasn't on anyone's list. It, it was the painting of the father's son by the young soldier. The auctioneer asked for an opening bid, but the room was completely silent. Well, who will open the bidding with a hundred pounds? No one spoke. Finally, someone said, who cares about that painting? It's just a picture of his son. Let's move on to the good stuff. The auctioneer responded, no. We have to sell this one first. Who will bid for the son? Finally, a neighbour of the old man offered 50 pounds. That's all I had. I I knew the boy when he was young. I'd I'd like to have it. The auctioneer said, going once, going twice, gone. And the gavel fell down. Cheers filled the room and finally someone shouted, now we can get on to the good stuff, the real treasures. But the auctioneer looked at the room filled with people and then announced that the auction was over. Everyone was stunned. Someone spoke up and said, What do you mean it's over? We didn't come here for some painting of an old man's son. There are millions of pounds worth of art here. What's going on? The auctioneer replied, It's very simple. According to the old man's will, whoever received the painting of his son would get everything else for free. Whoever receives the son receives everything. And so it is for you this Christmas. Whoever receives the son receives everything. The gift of God born 
as a baby in a manger. But the outcome of your story hinges on this. Will you recognise him? And will you receive him? Friends, if you want the gift of God this Christmas, all you need is need. All you need is is nothing. All all you need, as it says in John chapter 1, verse 12, all you need is to receive. (laughs) Believe it or not, that kind of spiritual humility can be incredibly hard to muster. That kind of humility. Especially for people who've got everything, or at least seem to have everything and seem to have it all together. All you need is need. All you need is to receive. You see, we usually come to God and say, look, Look at what I've done. Look at everything that I've done. Or, or, or at least uh, look at what I've suffered. But, but God wants us to look away from us and to look to his son and simply to receive. That's what we do every week at St. Philip's, actually, uh, uh, at communion on Sundays. We, we, we come forward with empty hands and we receive communion, God's gift of himself by faith. Uh, his body broken in the bread and his, his blood shed with empty hands. And we, we receive by faith symbolically the gift, the glorious gift of God's Son to us. So please don't leave the gift of God unopened this Christmas. I hope God, by his Spirit, will enable you to recognize and to receive the gift of God's Son. All you need is to receive Let's pray. Heavenly Father, help us to recognize what we're receiving this Christmas. Help us to recognize the indescribable gift of your Son, our Creator, our Maker, and our Friend. Thank you that everyone who receives the Son receives everything at Christmas as a baby in the manger on the cross for our sins sacrificed and at Pentecost, the gift of the spirit of your son to go with us wherever we go. Help us to open our hearts to receive the gift of God's son this evening. In Jesus' name, amen.